0: Welcome to this episode, this is Henry Lopez and my guest today is Craig Cody. Craig, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: we're excited to have Craig. Craig is a certified tax coach, certified public accountant or a CPA, a business owner and a former New York City police officer with 17 years experience on the force. In addition to being a CPA for the past 15 years, he's also a certified tax coach and as a certified tax coach, Craig belongs to a select group of tax practitioners throughout the country uh, who undergo extensive training and continuing education on various tax planning techniques and strategies to become and remain, as they call, certified in this specific area of practice. Uh, with this organization, Craig has co-authored, co-authored rather, an Amazon best-selling book entitled Secrets of a Tax-Free Life. And so, In this episode, Craig's going to share with us his very interesting entrepreneurial journey, how he got to where he is today, and then lots of tips and advice and things for you to think about as it relates to taxes, avoiding our, our taxes as in a legal and fair way, and what are some of those practices and things to consider in our small businesses. Uh, Craig lives in the New York City area over in Long Island, actually, and so Craig Cody, once again, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. All right, so let's get started uh, kind of at the beginning of the journey where we always start, which is back in school. I believe you studied economics, is that right?
1: Yes, my first foray into uh, college was as an economics major, and I wanted to work on Wall Street.
0: Interesting. So then what uh, what changed your path there and ended up going into the police force?
1: I guess at some point while I was in college... Um, I started considering following in my dad's footsteps uh, I was kind of coming from an area where you know everybody kind of went into uh, civil service and uh, after my third year I made the decision to, to go for it
0: and and, uh, and that was was that something your parents wanted you to do or would they have rathered you gone on to a different career what was your dad's thoughts
1: Oh, my parents definitely would have rather uh, that I would have gone on to another career. As um, my son is a New York City police officer, third generation, wow. and we also would have rather him go on to another career, also. Yeah.
0: So, 17 years you were at it. Did you stay for 17 years? Because obviously, that's a type of position where. Uh, seniority matters and and you want to retire perhaps or did you enjoy it just tell me about the experience a little bit
1: oh it was a great experience i worked with a great bunch of people over the years i rose to the rank of a lieutenant i i got to do some very interesting things Um, and at some point i lost most of the hearing in my right ear Um, and uh, had to make a decision um, to stick around or to leave and at that point I had already had the itch I had been in a bureaucracy uh, you know life is not always fair and I wanted to have a little bit more control over my own destiny yeah.
0: when you think back now because you've been out of it uh, sort of 15 years or so thereabouts if I got the numbers right what do you think you took away the most from that experience that applies to running a small business
1: uh, how to communicate um, you know I had to communicate with people across so many different backgrounds and ethnicities Um, so you learn to be a very good communicator and i think that was a a big takeaway for me
0: yeah that makes sense you had to you had to lead people who didn't necessarily even report to you and kind of have that that ability to communicate to peers as well as people under you above you well throughout throughout the whole range right even politicians in some cases i suspect and the general public and the general public yeah very good good point excellent so wonderful so where did this itch then develop i think while you were still in the force to go back to the accounting route and become a cpa
1: yes well like i said life isn't always fair and uh, i was a sergeant at the time and i was um working inside the intelligence division and um i had a boss at the time that you know was not particularly fair. And uh, I wanted to have a little bit more control over my destiny. So I said, it's time to go back uh, to school. Uh, You know, you kind of at the time it was a 20 year retirement. So I went back to school. Um, At the time I had three kids and my wife was also in school, but we just made it work. And um, I was lucky enough to do something uh, that I really enjoyed. So I had a good seventeen year run and now I'm on my second seventeen year run. That's right.
0: What is it about accounting that you like, that you enjoy?
1: Well what I really like is, you know, people always say, you know, how do you go from, you know, chasing perps down the street to doing, you know, accounting and bookkeeping and you know, what we do is we do proactive tax planning. And when I sit down with somebody and I show them how to save fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollars a year in taxes,
0: that's exciting. Yeah, it's different than the typical accounting work where it's the same thing over and over. You Every time you work with a new client, i got to think there's a slightly different variant of how you can help them save money.
1: Exactly. So uh, every client, you know, we deal with start with a tax plan and you find ways, legal ways, to save them money, help them keep more of what they make. Yeah.
0: So you went back to school while you were still a police officer. Actually, you were probably at the sergeant lieutenant ranks or sort of approaching that. And then uh, you got your CPA as well, right?
1: No, um, because in New York State, you have to have two years of uh, full-time experience. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay, so you had to go work for a firm for a period of time. So Then go
1: through that. Right. When I, when I retired, I went to work for a firm, and I got my experience, and I passed the CPA exam, and then you get your license.
0: And you had in mind that as soon as you could, you would open your own firm?
1: Yes, Yes, I say that with a big smile on my yeah, face. I
0: know, I can imagine, right? I mean, that was the motivator in part was to have control and to have some more control over your own destiny. So working at another firm, while I'm sure it was great learning experience, you couldn't wait to get on your own, I suspect.
1: Correct, great yeah. great experience, great people, but you know, there's nothing like having your own business.
0: So in 2000, you started Craig Cody & Company. Was it initially a traditional CPA firm or was it a tax advisory firm from the start?
1: I was initially, you know, a part-time traditional firm as I worked, you know, for the other firm. And then about uh, six years ago, we actually made the change um, over to, you know, the tax planning, which really was something that came out of estate planning. You know, estate planning, you know, a number of years ago they made the changes and basically you had to be a couple with, you know, over $10 million in assets. So that kind of shrank the pool. And we started looking what we had done for those clients and the tax savings they were having and um, came up with tax planning and found the group that does exactly that. So we get continuous training on um, different techniques that are available. And here we are today.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, so let's uh, we'll start to dive into some of these topics on tax strategies. But before we do, I just want to just kind of give a a quick disclaimer i'm not a cpa i'm not an attorney craig is a cpa but he may not be your cpa so everything that we talk about we're talking about today for you to give some thought to and to uh, consider and to discuss with your advisors with your professionals and so i definitely always suggest that anything we, we discuss today that you think you want to apply in your business that you first consult with your tax professional or attorney or both before you implement it. So, having given that disclaimer, let's let's jump into it if we could, Craig. Um, let's start, I think, with what do you see as the difference between a traditional CPA that I might have and have had in my business that I talk to once a year when it's tax preparation time versus a tax advisor and what, or tax planner, and what are some of the key differences?
1: The big difference is most CPAs and tax advisors are very good at what they do. They put the right numbers in the right boxes, okay? But they are recording history instead of making history. If you communicate with your tax advisor in March or April, uh, there's not a whole lot he can do for you other than maybe a retirement plan. We communicate with our clients throughout the year, and that's the big difference. We're proactive versus reactive.
0: Part of that is what I found in in dealing with CPAs traditionally is when you do communicate with them at the beginning of the year to give them your stuff and, you know, you're trying to get it as quickly as possible so you can get it in in time, that CPA barely has the time to even reply to an email because they're heads down preparing returns, right? It's the absolutely worst time to now try to get some tax advice because they're busy preparing the returns.
1: Oh, yes. For, For most firms, that's the way it is. Um, and that's very bad for the client, mm-hmm. because you know that's when you're looking for your advice. But you should be getting that advice throughout the year. So that's why we work with our clients throughout the year, and we communicate with them, and we answer those questions, and we guide them in the right direction.
0: So, how do you, when you get a new client, how do you typically begin to engage with them? What's the process at a high level?
1: So, at at a high level, the the process is um, somebody will come to us. They will they will send us their personal returns, their business returns. We'll analyze them. We'll look for missed opportunities and deductions. We'll let them know what we've found. Uh, We'll see if they want to engage us in the tax plan. The tax plan will lay everything out as far as what they need to do and how much money they will save on an annual basis. And then at some point they may ask to engage us for ongoing work and we let them know that we work with all our clients throughout the year. We, we don't just work with clients now. We have to work with you throughout the year.
0: So what's an example you've seen? So I come to you, let's say, uh, I would have come to you last spring and we engaged initially, we put together a tax plan. What are the things that could happen in a business, the changes that it could occur that would trigger the need for us to, to have a conversation again? I mean, I realize you have scheduled conversations, but give me an example of the things that can change in a business that should come into tax planning.
1: You want to buy some equipment, okay? Um, maybe you're starting to care for an adult relative. How do we make those um, expenses tax deductible legally? Um, different life events that happen that not they may not just necessarily happen inside your business. They could happen outside your business. So we. By communicating, they'll come to us. I'm, I'm looking to purchase a piece of equipment. I'm looking to purchase a vehicle. I'm looking um, to lease new space. I'm looking to hire new people. Uh, there could be a lot of different things. Or, or oh, you know, I need new teeth. You know, my wife, you know, she needs to have all new cosmetic dentistry done. Uh, you know, can I deduct that? And and typically we'd say, well, typically no, you can't deduct it. But if we set up a medical expense reimbursement plan, which is uh, under Code Section 105, we can make that deductible. And we show them what they need to do in order to make that expense deductible. And if they came to us in January the following year, there's nothing we could do about that.
0: Right, right. Something you can do retroactively or very little you can do. Yes. So uh, on all of this, and I've heard you talk to this before on on other interviews and, and other materials online, When it comes to all of these deductions, and even our regular deductions, documentation, retention of tax records, talk to us about that and what you advise to your clients on document retention and documentation overall on all of these deductions that we may or may not take.
1: Well, we advise all our clients to save their documents for seven years after we file a return. Uh, As far as documentation, which is really the key, It's, you need to make sure you cross those T's and dot those I's. And that's what we help them do. Because I can tell you to do A, B, and C. And it's just as good as the piece of paper is written on. But when we write it down, and we follow up with you, and you have somebody in our office that's, you know, making sure that, okay, this is what's going on, we need that for the file. It's, that's how the documentation occurs.
0: So let me give you a couple of examples that are, that are one that's common and one that's not so much, but uh, meals, so T&E, but specifically meals, which are deducted differently. What is the IRS looking for in the way of documentation there if I were to get audited?
1: Well, you should obviously have the receipt. You should have the person that you um, met with, and you should have what was the reason of the meeting. And these days, with everybody having you know a, a smartphone, it's very simple.
0: How, how is that?
1: Well, everyone has a smartphone, so they have their calendar. You could print out your calendar, and then you could go back with your receipts and see what you did. Or you could take that receipt, write on it, you know, Johnny Jones, um, you know, purchase of a new piece of equipment. So you, you make sure you document some type of business purpose for that meeting. Yeah. And uh, then, what I
0: usually do is uh, right there at the end of the meal, if I, if time permits, is I'll flip it over and write on the receipt who was there, and briefly, what was discussed. Is that sufficient documentation? That,
1: that is sufficient.
0: Okay. All right. The other thing you talk about often, and you, you kind of alluded to a little bit, is being creative, although very legal, to write off or ha- employing your children. Uh, in that case, what do we need to document there?
1: Well, you need to have a timesheet. They should be signing in and signing out and documenting what they're doing. So we typically would use that strategy to you know, the tax court has ruled uh, children can do this as, as young as seven. I like to use kids that are about 12 and older. But, you know, the child should sign in, he should sign out, and you should really have a documented procedure for what he's actually doing. And then you pay the child, and then what you do is the money goes into his account, and then let's just say he's going to a private school then you could have the private school take the money out of his bank account to pay the tuition. So now you, the business got a tax deduction and you know everything, you, the school got paid and you basically saved you know, maybe 30%, 40% depending on what your tax bracket is.
0: And these are all the creative things that we can do legally and that's been done before. It's just that usually most CPAs <coughs> don't provide that type of proactive advice. That's not what they do.
1: Correct. And and you, the key is documentation. You can't, you know, you can't decide, oh, well, my son worked, but I paid the money out of my account. No, it doesn't work that way. So okay. if, if you're really are being proactive and you're communicating with us, we make sure it's done the correct way.
0: Yeah, It seems to me that if you have poor record keeping altogether and you're terrible about doing that and it's all, you know, in boxes here and places there, you're really gonna get yourself into even a worse potential bind by taking these tax advantages because then you have no documentation or poor documentation and that could end up hurting you
1: significantly. right, right? exactly and that's why you know the clients that we work with we make sure we get that documentation we don't leave it up to chance okay. you know I, I like to tell people you make your money doing whatever your business is it should not be bookkeeping it should not be tax compliance
0: is this type of tax advice, Craig, do you think affordable to the typical very small business owner?
1: Yes, it's affordable if somebody is, you know, is a small business owner and they're paying taxes. If, if you're not paying taxes, it's not affordable. But uh, a typical, our typical ROI on a tax plan is about, you know, four to five times uh, your first year investment in the, in the first year. Yeah, because you're so, gonna
0: find so many opportunities right off the bat that I'll make it back four or five times when I pay you in that first year.
1: Exactly, it's kind of instant gratification. Yeah.
0: Okay, I wanna talk about common mistakes you make, but uh, I, I know one of the big ones is entity selection, whether it's an LLC or an S corp or a C corp, I get that. Um, and a lot of people struggle with that, but I wanna go beyond that. Besides entity selection, which is a big one, what else do you see as common mistakes that people make where they end up then as a result, paying more taxes than they need to be paying well
1: you know not taking a salary that is um correct let's put it that way it's reasonable Uh, it has typical exactly reason reasonable compensation that was i was having a little bit of a senior (laughs) moment there
0: why do you want to do that because if i take a salary now i'm paying taxes on that but why is that advantageous
1: well the irs says you have to pay yourself reasonable compensation if it's Um, a
0: if it's a c or an s corp correct
1: correct and that reasonable compensation is subject to self-employment tax, which is about 15%. So if you're taking too much, you're overpaying your self-employment tax. If you're taking too little, the IRS is going to come knocking on your door eventually. So that's why it's important to make sure the compensation is is reasonable.
0: So I've had to struggle with that in, in the past. And it's such a hard thing because what is reasonable right and so usually all i've been able to do is take my cpa's guidance on what's reasonable but i don't know that in the past that cpa has done any analysis of what's reasonable in the industry he or she was probably just comparing it to their other clients right so how do you arrive at what's reasonable in the way of a salary for uh, for the uh you know the operators
1: so the IRS um, issues a number of different bulletins that are out there and they also, they also issue data and you could get into the data and you can basically calculate based on IRS statistics what somebody in a certain um, job function is making. Okay. And we can use that to um, basically come up with reasonable compensation. We could also do a compensation study which costs a little bit more money Um, So most people aren't willing to do that, so um, that's one of the things we do, We, we, we base it on our experience, okay, what are the different job functions you're doing, okay, what would you be paying somebody else to do that, and that's how we come up with reasonable compensation, and then we check that against the guidelines that we get from the IRS as far as the total information.
0: Okay. So entity choice, which we skipped over, I know is a big one. Uh, Paying yourself the, the least amount, but legal salary in the case of a corporation. What else do you see that's a common mistake that small business owners make that they're overpaying their taxes on?
1: I'm not taking all the inductions that deductions that they're entitled to. People that don't accurately check or track their expenses um, when they come to us and we actually go through the bank statements and we pull out all the legitimate expenses. It's basically, we find typically that they've been understating their expenses in the past. So by correctly tracking your expenses, typically we have found that um, you're, going to generate um, larger deductions. That's one thing. Then we have the home office deduction that people uh, tend to want to stay away from for, for some reason or another. Um, we talk about documentation. We talk about what the IRS requires. We talk about accountability plans. Say there's two partners and maybe one likes to drive a Honda Civic and one likes to drive a Maserati. How do you even add out? So those are common mistakes. And then we look at um, late elections. Sometimes you have the opportunity to make a late election that can save you some significant tax dollars.
0: And what are you talking about there with late elections? I'm
1: Sometimes you'll have an LLC, mm-hmm. um, and it may be advantageous to have it taxed as an S-corporation. Okay. And, you know... People don't realize that sometimes the IRS will allow a late election if you meet certain circumstances.
0: So it's interesting because as as I've been talking about this and thinking about this, I have rarely have ever had a CPA proactively say to me, hey, Henry, are you thinking about this? Or I notice you're not deducting that. Or what about your home office expense? Again, and it's partly because of the type of relationship that that is and the time of the year in which we engage, which again, as we said at the outset, it's when they're heads down, they don't have the time typically to provide that proactive advice, even if they knew how to, right? And so that's the big disconnect, but we've come to kind of accept that that's the way it works. And most small business owners are simply not aware of this other ability to get tax coaching or tax planning advice. That's been my experience.
1: Right, and that's why I asked the question, when was the last time your accountant or CPA came to you with an idea to save taxes? And I get that blank stare.
0: So so let's segue off of that on how to find the right CPA or tax planner, or maybe you can find (coughs) someone who's a combination of both like you are. What are some of the things we should look for, ask for in finding that person, or identifying that we need two people?
1: what kind of groups they are part of how much continuing education they uh, undergo how often um, uh, you there's there's a couple of different groups out there um, you know there's probably well over 500 members of the group that I'm part of and of those 500 there's probably less than 50 that are doing it um, very actively so you really want to see what kind of what what kind of continuing education are you doing? How often are you doing it? What are your clients saying? Can I have referrals, um, references? And uh, what kind of guarantees do you offer? And we, we offer an actual um, 100% money back guarantee on a tax plan. If you're not completely satisfied, we'll just refund you your money.
0: I would think I'd want to also ask about how they in, how they're going to engage with me. What's the process? and if what i hear is well and you know in january you'll get me your books and we'll prepare the returns then that gives me one indication as opposed to what i probably would hear from you or i know you would hear from you which is we're going to put together a tax plan we're going to talk at these intervals throughout the year so just that alone gives me some good insight as to their approach right
1: oh definitely because we'll get calls this time of year and people can you can you do our taxes and we'll have to explain to them yes, we can We can work with you to work on your taxes and and some planning at this point, but we'll only work with you if you're going to engage us on an ongoing basis and, and communicate with us throughout the year, because it's not really
0: fair to our current clients. So the other mistake I see small business owners make that I'm sure you encounter is that we tend to want to cut our costs upfront in particular. So it goes back to, for example, entity choice. We're trying to to start our businesses in really tight budgets, and so we look at spending money with professionals like a tax advisor or a CPA or as an attorney. We try to minimize that as much as possible, but I think what happens is then we end up cutting that corner, and we never do get that advice up front. Do you see that a lot with small business
1: owners? Yes. I mean, it's kind of like, what is it, tripping over dollars to save pennies is that saying? Um, So you you see that a lot. And you can understand, you know, a a lot of times people are bootstrapping a new business and and funds are really, you know, um, tight. And they have to make some, you know, some key decisions. But that's why we like to show them like a return. What's your return on investment going to be in year one? Yeah,
0: Yeah, so they can look at it as an investment more so than an expense.
1: Exactly. Because if their stockbroker called them up and said, listen, you know, give me uh, X amount of dollars and I'll triple it for you. Guaranteed. Yep. They give them money.
0: All right. We'll take a personal turn here, Craig. I'd like to ask you, if you think back to a decision you've made in your life that you now realize has had significant impact on your business and your personal life. So if you think back to a decision you made, what what would that be?
1: Oh, there were so many of them, but I would say um, the most recent was when we decided to really fully pursue tax planning um, in our practice and, and focus on that, making that be the core part of what we do and how we communicate with our clients.
0: that's completely changed your business.
1: Tremendously changed it. Uh, It's been great for our clients. Um, We have a great, we've been able to grow a great staff. Um, So that was a, that was a big decision.
0: What do you love most about what you do today? Oh,
1: I, I just love being able to sit down with somebody and, you know, save them money that they can use, whether it's to, you know, send their kids to a special school Go on vacation. You know, buy those shoes you want to buy. You know, take care of mom and dad. Put more money away. You know, just having you know the client being able to really be proactive and get a real benefit of it. For me, that's that. I love this.
0: All right. So summarize for us if you would. Give us the elevator pitch on your on your company, and uh, then I think you also have a, a free promotion for us and our free book offer, if I'm not mistaken. So tell us about the business, and then about the uh, book offer.
1: Sure. Okay. It's my, my firm is Craig Cody and company, uh, our website is, uh, Craig Um, what <clears throat> the main thing we do is we help clients keep more of what they make. And, uh, from there, we go into your typical tax and accounting. We have a little bit of a niche in international clients and we do, um, fast growing outsourced CFO services. So that's, that's about us. There's 10 of us here. Just hired my 10th employee, uh, yesterday. And um, so, and we're all client-centric. So, so that's about us. But it's really about helping you keep more of what you make. So um, I'd also like to offer everybody the opportunity to uh, get a free copy of my most recent book, which is called The 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. Um, there will be a link on Henry's site that will take you there and you can fill out a a little opt-in box with your name and address, and we will send that book out to you.
0: Fantastic, that's a great offer. And we'll have a link to that, as Craig alluded to, on the show notes page for this episode to be sure to get that. I think that that that's what I'm recommending to my clients on this whole topic of creative, but legal and moral and ethical ways to save on taxes. The first step is to educate, begin to educate yourself on these things that a bit people are practicing on a daily basis and just educate yourself that allows you then to go ask those questions of your current professionals and help you decide if you need a different professional right so that's where I recommend people start and so a free book like this is a fantastic o- opportunity to get started down that path so thanks for that offer Craig very welcome but speaking of books besides your books is there a book that comes to mind that you would recommend to our listeners
1: um you know what I I just got into, I'm um, probably about halfway through, a book called View from the Top. Uh, it's by Aaron Walker. It's really a book about life. Uh, excellent book. It, but it's, it's well-laced well with business, business, uh, business things. Wonderful. Uh, so I would recommend that book.
0: Great. Thanks for that. We'll have that on the show notes page as well. So let's wrap it up. Last final parting piece of advice or thought for our listeners, Craig.
1: Just uh, remember to be proactive. Go to your uh, accountant and communicate with him. And remember that you do want to keep more of what you make. And you know, if Donald Trump and uh, Warren Buffett can do it, so can you.
0: Fantastic. And tell us again where you would like our listeners to go to find out more about you and your CPA firm.
1: Okay. It's uh, com and there will be a specific landing page that we will note, which will be uh, on Henry's page, and it'll take you right to where our book link is.
0: Wonderful. Craig, thanks for taking the time to be with us today and for sharing all this knowledge. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: This is Henry Lopez. You've been listening to another episode of the How of Business. (coughs) If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, we would welcome and thank you for subscribing to our show We look forward to having you join us on the next episode of The How of Business. Thank you for listening to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by levantebusinessgroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, Thanks for listening and go live your dream.